0: Hello, and welcome to Exploring Comics, a podcast about web comics, indie comics, and the people who love them. This month, we're having a panel discussion on marketing comics. So, I have a few guests here today, and what I'll do is call on each of you, have you tell us what you do, and what sites you market on. So, first of all, we have a newcomer, Derek Diaz.
1: Hey, everybody. So, um, I've got, I don't know if it's three or four now, different things <laughs> that I've got going on weekly, almost um I've got The Adventures of Toad which is my main webcomic it's kind of a retro action adventure uh sort of deal think 80s or 90s kind of Batman animated series Ninja Turtles kind of deal um and that's on its home site which is adventuresoftoad.com uh but it's also on Tapastic um I've got uh I color for uh Don on uh I Necromancer um which uh we've got hosted on Tapastic we've got our home site for that too um, and then I've also got a, uh, political comic, uh, that I got involved in, uh, which is a totally different thing for me, um, which is mostly just on social media. It's on like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, um, which is called America, the Boottiful, kind of addressing some of the things that are going on in, in, in that whole Avenue. Um, but as far as marketing is concerned, uh, Twitter right now is the one that I'm really pushing. I seem to get a lot more, uh, traction out of that, although I will also say that, um, Instagram has helped to get me a lot more, uh, visibility
2: on the, on the net.
0: Awesome. Now you mentioned Don Fry, which is convenient because he's also here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm here. Uh, hi, I'm Don. I, uh, write a number of projects, comic books, games, some other things. Um, my main thing that I do in the comic book, uh, realm is I necromancer. I'm the author. Um, Lucas Marco, uh, who lives in Poland, is the illustrator. And Derek's the colorist. Um, it's sort of a like a throwback to swords and sorcery from the early 80s. So really dark, dark fantasy elements of horror. Um, we just finished our second chapter, our second issue. Uh, you can find it on its website uh, at inecromancer.com. And that's that's a sort of a Tumblr. It has like extra information about the characters and the story. Uh, But I also I publish a lot of information on my Patreon campaign, uh, which is pretty geared towards iNecromancer. You can find that on the website, too. And then I also publish it on Comixology. So on Comixology, I have the first issue published. I just submitted the second issue. Uh, So here in a, a month or so, I expect that'll be up on Comixology as well. I guess I also use Twitter a lot. I've tried uh, a lot of different social media things, and I just don't seem to be very good at many of them. (laughs) Tumblr, uh, I use. I I host my website and my webcomic on Tumblr, but I I don't do very well there. Um, But Twitter has a great community, and it's really easy to engage in conversation, uh, which is what I really, really like about it. I actually get to talk to other people who are doing similar things to me. And I think because of that, I've gotten the best response from Twitter.
0: Awesome. We have a couple more new voices. first uh, this Resfail.
3: Uh, yeah, it's Resfail. Yeah, and I am the creator of Galebound, a webcomic which started in May tw- uh, 2016. It's a gas lamp, lamp fantasy. And uh, yeah, I, I, in terms of marketing, I, I seem to be going for Ubiquity. I've got it on Hosting wise, I've got it on Tappas, I've got it on Smack Jeeves, Comic Theory. Uh It's also mirrored in Start Fair, uh, Line Webtoon once a month. So I'm really all over. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of just pure marketing, um, I do, I kind of cast a wide net in everything I do. So I look at top web comics, the web comic list, uh, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Twitter events that go on weekly. So I'm kinda just trying
0: everything. Awesome. And Sam.
4: All right. Um, I'm Sam. I I, I work on the Webcomic Linked. Um I'm actually one of the co founders of Ink Drop Cafe and hmm. currently one of the moderators of Webcomic Chat. Um so over the past few years I've been learning a fair bit about promotion. Um and doing that sort of thing. Uh, Primarily, you can find me on Twitter. I used to do a lot on Tumblr. I just kind of lurk there now. Um, You know, I'm quite familiar with DeviantArt and, um, you know, using Facebook from time to time. Although Facebook is not a good avenue for advertising anything. No, no. No, it isn't.
3: No.
0: Awesome. And as always, I'm your host, Tim, and Given that I have like five readers to my comic, I'm really looking forward to learning about this subject. So there's basically two types of marketing s- strategies, on li- like marketing websites online that I've kind of identified, which is the ones that are all about making money and the other ones that are just all about interacting or getting people aware of your project. So you have your Kickstarters and your Patreons and all that stuff on the one end and your Twitters and your Tumblrs and everything on the other end. So let's focus on the monetization ones for a moment because those ones really encourage you to be marketing since we're basically all on patreon what are some what are some thoughts on what makes a good patreon and what seems to work and what doesn't
4: i I guess it really depends on what you're looking for out of it um for instance if i'm going to read something for free i'm less likely to back something on patreon um But, you know, if I can get, like, tutorials or or put up tutorials or walkthroughs or exclusive things for people, I I found that people are more likely to back that um, in general because they like being able to pay for something that they get um, that nobody else is getting.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, With Patreon, you know, it's anytime you're selling something, uh, you kind of have to consider well, what is the demand? Um, And if you're already producing a web comic, a page a week or a couple of pages a week or whatever it is, uh, then the demand's not really for those pages necessarily. You kind of have to find other incentives. And uh, a lot of people do tutorials, uh, which I think is awesome. Um, And since there's so many artists who also are fans of web comics, I think that works out really well because, uh, you know, the more up and coming people who are just still sort of learning their craft and and trying to figure out their voice, uh, they can learn from the people who've maybe been around for a few more years. uh, And through Patreon, they can do that. Um, I found for me, I've had some pretty good luck, uh, you know, pretty like slow but steady growth with Patreon uh, in the past year or so since I launched my campaign. And for me, I I found that diversifying sharing with people helps a lot. Um, So not just pushing like the early access to my webcomic or maybe the pages to my script and some of the early inks and things like that, but also like if I have a side project, you know, making sure that my Patreon uh, backers get to see it first and that uh, they even get a chance to weigh in and maybe kind of affect the outcome. And I think people really, do uh do like that they like to feel like they're making a difference
4: yeah it does help with audience investment in that regard um a, a lot of folks really like being able to say oh yeah this is really cool and i got to see it early um and that sort of thing
0: let's shift gears a little bit to kickstarter because patreon is all, all has all these all ongoing issues and things you have to take into consideration for months or however long down the road but kickstarter is one big push what are some changes that you would make in that regard, like things that might work at Kickstarter that don't work in Patreon or vice versa?
1: I think that's why maybe I'm more intimidated by Patreon is because Patreon is ongoing. So you have to, I think, you guys tell me if you, you disagree, but I think you kind of uh, continually manage your game on that, where I feel like with a Kickstarter, although you do need to do that some, it, there's a definite pre-game game and then post-game Uh, to that, so I feel like there's more of a definitive start and end time on that.
3: I agree with that. Um, I haven't run a Kickstarter myself, but I have backed a few, and there is kind of this feeling with Kickstarter of, well, I'm just going to throw X amount of money at them, and if
4: they don't get their funding, then I've lost nothing. Right. Yeah, whereas Patreon's a continual investment if if you remain subscribed to a particular project or individual. Um, so you kind of feel like you should be perpetually getting your rewards.
1: Right, right. So it's like they're they're really investing more in you as a, a personal um, brand uh, more so than like, I feel like Kickstarter, you're investing in the product. You're investing in the thing that that is.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and in Kickstarter, basically what anybody ever wants when it comes to comics is the dang book.
2: Right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs>
4: You know, you put off delaying shipping for a year and uh, people start to get a little antsy.
1: You know, given the day job side of my life, I've done a lot of customer service oriented kind of stuff, which is terrible, by the way. But anyway, um, and so uh, I I try to think about that same sort of thing. And I feel like the I feel like Patreon is the next level, like because like Kickstarter, it's like, okay, you say you're going to do a thing. You do the thing. You deliver on the thing. You're good. But on Patreon, like you guys were talking about, it's like you've you've got to build up a buffer ahead of time and maintain that.
4: And unlike Kickstarter, where you know you're really depending on uh, how much your audience is just uh, how much money your audience is willing to throw at your thing. Uh, Patreon, you've more got that kind of situation where you're relying on their goodwill in general, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. they're they're more willing to be forgiving with you if you don't deliver.
1: Like, if you're a monthly sick, reward, or...
4: yeah, yeah. If I mean, on both on both systems, as long as you're up front with your audience, they're more likely to be forgiven.
3: Yeah, with any financial <laughs> transaction, the transparency is probably the, the most important thing. Like, you might not want to be totally transparent, like, <laughs> we don't need to know the inner workings of your daily life, but just at least post a comment saying, Hey, we're gonna be a little bit late because things happened. Sorry.
4: Yeah, don't, don't just go silent, especially if, you know, for some reason the money from whatever pro- or what, whichever system you're using is going to pay other people as well. Mm. And those other people haven't been paid for whatever reason. Um, because, you know, like for instance, uh, the Patreon that I'm running is going to save the web hosting. And if all of a sudden, you know, i don't hit one of, or i hit my goals to pay for that and i don't pay my web post my site goes down and everybody goes what the hell
2: (laughs) right um
1: i feel like it kind of it keeps you more honest in a way you know
4: yeah yeah and it does kind of motivate you to keep going too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: definitely yeah, I, mean, I, I actually, don't know how
4: effective this is on Patreon, but
3: uh, they, they say when you have a tip jar at like a coffee shop or something, it's a good idea to put a dollar in it, because no one wants to be the first person to put the dollar in the jar. Oh, um, yeah. I'm not sure how that works on Patreon. Personally, I've, I've seen one artist Patreon, and I saw that they didn't have any patrons, and I was like, what is this? You, you need a patron. So I, I set right. up and became their patron. So. I almost think there might be an opposite mentality on the internet. I mean, this is anecdotal, but it might be with the internet. So you see an artist has a Patreon, they have a dollar in it already, or a Kickstarter or something. So you don't feel the need to fill that empty space. It's kind of an opposite of what it, how it works in real life. And
1: right. at the same time, though, too, um, I think that there's... Yeah, and this is just me just watching numbers and looking at accounts and followers and how people have stuff. I think there's sort of a threshold, right? Don and I actually both happen to be uh, bartenders in our other gigs. So the tip jar thing is a really good metaphor. Um, and we do that. You know what I mean? We'll put uh, a dollar or two in there. And sometimes it's from my own wallet, you know, until I get that first person that comes in or, or what have you. Um, but then, uh, with, uh, with Patreon, Kickstarter, whatever it is, um, I think sometimes, you know, strategically, you know, I was talking about the Kickstarter having a a definite pregame and that's one of the pregame things. Uh, Don and I have talked about this at length that you want to kind of set yourself up to already have a big first day if you can. So, you know, if you want to reach out to some of those key, um, contributors that, um, you know, you know are already interested and try to see if you can't convince them to get in on that first day. I feel like there's a threshold where when you've only got one or two people, yeah. Some people are like, oh well they've they've got a couple of people. I don't feel like I need to fill the void. But then once that threshold passes, maybe like, let's say a quarter of your goal or however many people, people start going, Oh, there's momentum here. Oh, this looks cool. Oh, I want to be on, on this too.
2: I think it's tough for Kickstarter. People want to back something that is going to succeed. and if it looks <laughs> like your pro- project's gonna fail, then you you really can lose momentum pretty quickly. Whereas with Patreon, I think maybe there is more to the you know, this sort of like uh, community socialism almost that you're talking about, um, especially for people who you know have maybe similar size followings um, where if one person's doing a little bit better, then maybe people will look at other patreons to to back instead. Uh, And that's just the benefit of being able to support a little bit at a time over a long period of time. Whereas with Kickstarter, it's like, well, we need your money right now. And if we don't get enough, then this great thing isn't going to happen and we're all going to be sad about it.
3: That's true. Um, I think the format of Kickstarter might help that a little bit. Because when you're running Kickstarter, the creator of the the Kickstarter only gets the funding if 100% funding is met at that last day. So some people might just come in and say, you know what? I'm not sure if this is going to actually meet its goal. So I'm going to throw in a little bit just to, because there's no risk to myself if it doesn't meet that goal. So you're going to get a few people that will chip in just yeah. because I'm they're not kind sure. of getting it.
0: So there seems to be a lot of planning involved in making that first day. do you guys have any thoughts on like, What types of things you should really be thinking about and what types of things you should really be planning out in in advance?
1: So I was talking about that pre-game, right? And then the game itself and the post-game there. Uh, And that's exactly kind of what I was getting at. Because like for my webcomic, right? I just finished a Kickstarter. I know I'm going to be doing another one. I don't know exactly when it's going to be. It might be like a year or year and a half, depending on what the page count of my next uh, chapter is. Um, so technically, I could start pre-gaming that now, and I kind of am in a way as far as looking at the Kickstarter I just did. How did how did it perform? What tiers were um, you know successful? What were people people interested in? What did they not like? You know, and reaching out to people and stuff like that. Now, if it's your first one obviously, you know what I mean? You kind of want to maybe talk to other creators and get perspectives on on what they've done. Uh, Don and I have, have kind of talked about stuff sometimes that way. And then I have another uh, couple of friends uh, who've launched uh, successful Kickstarters that I got tips for well before I ever started my first one. Um, in fact, actually, one of my friends who's really successful on Kickstarter was the one that talked me into doing it. Um, and before he did, he gave me you know, almost a laundry list of stuff to consider, uh, as far as, you know, if there's a podcast that you might have an interest on being on, whether it's a month out, it, a month typically is like the minimum, like pregame time to me. But even before that, if you've got a web comic or something that, you know, you're leading up to that, you can kind of tease it anytime. Really? I think just to be like, Hey, I think I might be doing this in six months. Hey, guys, I think this might be coming up in three months. Hey, remember that thing I keep talking about? Yeah, it's actually right around the corner now. Um, and create that sort of, just like a movie trailer is essentially the thing. You know what I mean? And then line up any, whether it's a, a, a physical event where you actually go and meet people and interact with people and plan that ahead. Or if there's a convention that you want to tie into, or you announce stuff or a podcast or whatever, so that it lines up. During the earlier phase of your campaign,
2: I, I'm a total nerd about uh, online tools that help with Kickstarters and, and things like that. Because um, I'm always, I'm always looking to find an easier way to do things that are going to take up less of my time. Uh, and there's a new one that I just saw recently, and I was, like, man, that's really cool. I wish that <laughs> I wish that I'd known about that before Derek's uh, Kickstarter here recently. Um, it's called Thunderclap it, and it's Thunderclap dot it it's a website and it's basically social media kickstarter so like you can create a thunderclap it campaign and say i will my goal instead of to raise uh two thousand dollars to print uh my goal is to raise uh, like two hundred thousand impressions or something like that and backers instead of pledging money pledge to promote your kickstarter or your event or whatever it is on the launch date and they can pledge through Twitter or Tumblr or any of their social media accounts. And then if you hit your goal, uh, on your launch date, all of those backers accounts will automatically post for you and they can customize their post to make it personal uh, or they could use the default posts you provide them. And so with, and, and I don't think it happens all at the exact same second, but it's staggered throughout like a 12 hour period of time or something like that. I also Derek was mentioning physical like like physical events. Most uh, if you live near a comic shop uh, and you're kickstarting a comic book project, I would seriously recommend like reaching out to your comic shop and saying, hey, I produce this independent comic book. I, I'd really like to you know, run an event and maybe I'll free sketch for people uh, and just talk to people. If you have friends who do comedy or music, you know, if you have friends who are entertainers, obviously you can talk to them to, to kind of get them to make your event a little snazzier.
0: I think this is all a pretty good transition into other things. Like I said, we, you know, there was the ones for making money, and then there's the just marketing avenues. Like it's been mentioned that some of you guys use Twitter to tell people about your your thing or other social media sites or Thunderclap, and we mentioned that Facebook is having some problems with that. So, what are some good sites for
3: that? Um, I, I think you, when you're looking at marketing comics, you do kind of have to look at two different categories of places to market. Uh, there are areas where you can put up ads or you can put up tweets or stuff like that, but you're really only going to be marketing to other comic creators. I've noticed that a lot with Twitter, um, probably because I'm in so many webcomic communities that even though I'm posting things on Twitter and Tumblr and, say, Comic Fury, um, just websites like that. The only readers it attracts are other comic creators, which is great. I mean, I love interacting with them, but if you're looking to attract readers, um, for example, if you're a reader looking for web comics, if you're just Googling top web comics, you're probably going to end up on the top web comic site or you're going to end up on the web comic list. So places like those are a, a good place to start.
1: Yeah, no. And I think you're, I think you're right. I've had the same sort of experience really. I mean, like, um, You know, uh, that's why I was mentioning Instagram before it's, uh, from the artist perspective, at least it's really good at just like, Hey, here's an image. If you like it, maybe you'll follow up. And I've gotten far more, um, like readers or, or like engaged users as opposed to, uh, comic creators, but on Twitter, it's, it's mostly exclusively other, other creators, which like you said is, is awesome, but yeah, it's a little tougher to reach just like a reader.
2: There's a Twitter. There's a few Twitter tools that I like to use, um, and and one of them is a site called Hashtagify. Period. Me. So Hashtagify Me, uh, where you can kind of, if you type in a hashtag like uh, hashtag Comic Book Hour, which uh, is one of the more popular ones on Twitter, um, it'll show you a bunch of related hashtags uh, that uh, people Comic Book Hour also post to, and in that way, I found some hashtags how active those hashtags are. So you can see in a, like a physical diagram, uh, how popular those, those hashtags are. Uh, in that way, I've found some hashtags that, uh, maybe more readers, uh, read up on, or, you know, at least if I am gonna, you know, promote my comic to other creators, um, I'm finding different creators than just the same creators that I always talk to. Uh, so that's helped a little bit.
3: Uh, Top web Comics is actually the top source of my referral traffic. Um, I do actually have an ad running there right now. It's one of their sponsorship ads, and I personally recommend it. Just looking at return on investment, I mean, not that I'm getting anything monetarily back, but (laughs) in terms of readers, um, I I think it's been a good investment. Another place we haven't really talked about for uh, promoting comics is TV Tropes.
4: Yes. Yes. Oh well, yeah, because people, TV Tropes does this really neat thing where it actually piques people's curiosity. So, you know, you have your stuff listed on a trope page or you have your own trope page for your comic and people are just like, alright, I know what's in here, but how's it going to play out? And you gotta click on it. I, I found a few really good comics that way, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the members of Ink Drop Cafe, Anthea, um, Actually, before she launched her Kickstarter, for instance, went around to some local comic book shops and handed out physical postcards advertising her comic to kind of get the world er, the word out in her community, which seems to have really helped. So, I mean, dealing with your local uh, with the local comic scene really can be a big boost, especially since people are like, "Oh yeah, I can get to know this creator."
2: Yeah, that's right, and then the comic shop owners get so excited about it too because. They 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 love comics. That's why they own a comic shop. And getting to connect with somebody who makes comics at a local level, uh, that could, at, at the very least, if you do run a you know if you do run a Kickstarter later or you do do something big later, you've made a really good connection with that comic shop owner um, who is connected to the local community, and that's that's super valuable.
4: Yeah, yeah, and you know then can help with making sales and all that sort of thing too.
0: Mm. Right. But uh, does anyone have any last thoughts or plugs or anything you'd like to make?
4: Shout about what you do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> like the entire topic of last web comic chat was talking about your thing. Do not be afraid to talk about your thing. Yeah. And yeah. it was really fun too. Yeah. How are people supposed to know if you're not going to shout about it?
1: Yeah, I've I've I'm surprised how many creators I've run into who almost don't feel like talking about their thing is valid. I mean, yeah, you don't want to spam somebody, but like, they're not going to find it if you don't tell them.
4: Right. <laughs> yeah, if you're not excited about it, how are they going to be?
2: I think, uh, and that that goes online too. And I, I love. Uh, webcomic chat and comic book hour and and those communities that do the chats are such a great way for people who are maybe a little more timid about uh, talking to people about their work uh, to do it uh, because everybody is doing it, you know, you're, you're one voice. Um, And so I think those things are great, but in real life too, you know, I I think um, obviously not everybody I know is going to dig my super dark, fantasy comic book uh it's not it's not it's not gonna be everybody's bag of tea um but but at least letting them know that i'm passionate about storytelling there's i think if you can take pride in being a creator then when you do make the connection of the person who's going to actually buy your comic or who will actually be interested in it uh, that pride, it shows. Uh, and and everybody who creates a webcomic should be proud, period. That is not an easy thing to do. Uh, and that matters. And
3: I guess with just being excited about your webcomic, word of mouth is a really important way to get word about your webcomic out. Um, a lot of my favorite webcomics uh, were recommendations from friends just saying, hey, I think you should go check out this webcomic. And... There's some comics out there that are really good, but the creators are really terrible at marketing. So mm-hmm. for the we're sake of cre- yeah. yeah, we're just not comfortable with it. So word of mouth is such an important thing. Be excited about your own webcomic, be excited about other people's webcomics. Just get that news that it exists out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, in fact, uh, I wouldn't have even met Don if it wasn't for a circumstance just like that, where uh, I was kind of talking to uh, somebody at our, our workplace and asking who his favorite character was. And I just drew it offhandedly, thinking that was kind of the end of the thing. And uh, here we are uh, a little bit over a year, almost later, and we're doing a million
2: projects. So I think... Um the the word of mouth thing is so important and so everybody like everybody has that thing where they're like oh man i love this cat video or uh (laughs) look at this person who falls off the slide let's share it you know like like, let's like flip it over and show it to my friend next to me um maybe if you're listening to this consider the next time you're about to share a cat video with somebody uh like at least 50 percent of the time or maybe one out of every 10 times instead be like hey check out the void child uh, or you know or, like check out this comic book that i personally love uh and that's something i think all of us are able to do and can do
0: awesome well thank you all for being here yeah
4: yeah we you do it more often
0: Thank you so much for listening. There are a host of ways to interact with the podcast, including seeing upcoming guests, submitting questions for them, alerting me to news I should announce here, or finding the podcast on other sites. Just follow the Exploring Comics drop-down menu on temclaughlin.com to find the page for the podcast. This episode, as well as the previous five episodes at a time, are also available on iTunes, TuneIn, and Google Play, so check there to rate and subscribe. Each episode is also published on the Nerd Herder Network on Facebook at 8.30pm Eastern Time on Mondays, and extended versions of panels, like this one, are available on the first of the month on Startfair. If you would like to hear the whole discussion between myself and the guests, check out some of the higher-level awards, or help me to pay to upgrade SoundCloud to keep episodes available longer. Support Exploring Comics on Patreon. One dollar an episode gets you our full conversation, edited for ease of listening, but not for time or content. Special thanks to Derek, Don, Resfail, and Sam for coming by, the supporters on Patreon, and you for listening. I've been your host, Tim McLaughlin. Have a delightful weekend.